it was like Aragorn and Legolas are like like chopping through trying to track down the hobbits across across Middle Earth and Jokic is just like just like and he's like I'll get rebounds but I'm not running I'm not running they're trying to track down the Urukai Mary and Pippin have been caught and then they run into the Riders of Rohan what are they gonna do from those eyes I All right, welcome to Hard Pick Mining Company with your Denver Five. This is episode nine. Wow, boys! Oh, coming in after what a, a week. great week. What a week! Oh, I I am feeling like an all star. Are you feeling what, like an all star? What happened? What happened? I oh, mean, come on, come we, on! Nuggets won five of the last six, and six, and this week three for three. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, no, it was, it was four for four on the road trip, which is the first time they went undefeated on a road trip in like. Since Billups was on the team, I'm pretty sure. Like, it's a so tough road trip, too. Yeah, so the Nuggets, um, last time we talked, uh, they, they only played three games, but uh, as Rex indicated, they won uh, the last four on the road. Uh, one Monday night against the Bulls, Tuesday night against Milwaukee, and then Thursday against uh, Indianapolis. Uh, all three really good games, too, uh, from the team, uh, both Jokic, Porter, and Murray, I felt like had... Um, some really positive uh, stretches there, but uh, the the Murray uh, Murray stat line versus Bubble Murray has been so much fun to watch. That we put Bubble Murray up on a pedestal, and then he has been at that level, and somehow it doesn't feel like he's where he is yet. Bubble Murray deserves to be on a pedestal, but and for the last couple of weeks, he's been exceeding those numbers. And he's still not getting the credit that he deserves. I go on my like random tangents on how awful like the high shooting field goal percentage point guard is, or not the high field goal percentage, but it's just the point guards that shoot a lot, like Kyrie Irving. But he's got a very low percentage, so he doesn't help the team. It's not Murray. Murray has such a high field goal percentage; it's just a beautiful. Is it team. as you high? Think Kyrie Irving doesn't help his team because he's a good shooter. <laughs> no, he shoots a low he shoots field a goal lot. percentage, even though oh, he shoots oh. a lot. He plays no yeah. defense. Uh, uh, the earth is flat. How's his don't, percentage don't uh, against Giannis is in the All Star game tonight? Isn't he? He's like nineteen for nineteen. He's banking in threes. That's how good Giannis <laughs> yeah, right. is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're recording this on uh, Sunday while the All Star game's uh, going on right now. I think it's probably at this point in the fourth quarter. Uh, I heard but, Rex say it was the best game in sports. Oh, gross. It's all that <laughs> athleticism. It's just it's 48 minutes of just guys going out there and being athletic, right, Andrew? Just, just athletes. Left just right. athletes. It's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's fun to dream, right, to see what maybe you could do some point in your life. It's like that's that's what I can do. <laughs> that's what pickup games look like. So it, it has just hit the end of the third and uh, – I mean, it's Team LeBron versus Team Durant. It's East-West, and West is up 146-125. to 125. A, lot of, a lot of defense. So they're doing the Elam ending, though, right? I know we're already like out of what we were going to talk about. but So the Elam ending is plus 24, so can the, the East win? It's, are, they are doing the Elam ending? Yeah, that's what yeah, they're doing. They did last year, too. I, think. Oh, yeah, I was confused by your text earlier today. Oh, yeah. then I... Because <laughs> it was Because I, I can't watch the goddamn game because the TNT app hasn't figured itself out. And every time I try to log in and like do the approval, it gets stuck in an to infinite answer your loop. answer questions, were, I'm sure they've got to ma- find a way to make it interesting. Because otherwise, 
it will be a game full of a lot of missed dunks, which was the first and second quarter. Wait, are, yeah, are you, and then it was just are like you saying you're going to be frustrated that the All-Star game doesn't mean anything? I never said it meant anything. It was just <laughs> normally really fun to watch. That first quarter was hilarious because I've never seen so many missed dunks. But, yeah, it got a little boring after the second third quarter. All right, well, so the Nuggets were 3-0 this week, so let's get back to that one. How about that? <laughs> I was just going to say. Well, that was quite the tangent. Um, so uh, the one game I thought that was uh, I wanted to focus on for a minute was the Tuesday night game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Bulls and the Pacers are, are – well, the Pacers at least are, is a, are a decent team, but Milwaukee's actually a really good team um, right now in the East. It was a statement. The it was a statement game. Team. Uh, Nuggets right now are sixth in the West, and uh, yeah, I mean, Rexo is a complete statement game. They ended up winning 128 to 97, uh, pretty much led the entire way. Uh, Jokic with a triple double uh, on the night. I I mean, it just felt like the guys finally, after a week or several weeks of up down, not really um, playing well, uh, took it to a team that really, uh, really showed that uh, our team is growing in terms of being able to mesh together kind of late in the season as we we led into the All Star break here. No, the uh, I I don't remember what the the full stat was, but Milwaukee got like eight garbage points in the last thirty seconds, and they still had the biggest home defeat that they've had in Milwaukee in the last twenty four years. Like the the Nuggets just crushed them, just ran away with it, e- even shorthanded. And yeah, I mean, one of the big stats was the offensive rebound percentages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Long-time really listeners might recognize. <laughs> no, but 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 it's seriously, uh, when I look at the defensive stats uh, in that game, I, I felt like the guys actually were playing really well. The effective field goal percentage for the Milwaukee Bucks was uh, 47.5%, which is pretty dang low uh, versus the Nuggets. Uh, blowing it out on offense with about a 61% um, effective field goal percentage uh, with limited turnovers. Uh, they were getting turnovers from Milwaukee. It was kind of a sloppy game from the Bucs uh, and really, really, really good game from the Nuggets. I went on my rant about offensive rebounds. Nuggets had nine, Milwaukee had 11. So we got out-rebounded out on the offensive end <laughs> and blew them out. Oh, my gosh, what a coincidence. Um, likewise, too, like – one of the best stats is the plus minus. Who were the two players with the best plus in that game? PJ Dozier, Dozier plus 28. And Do then it, who was number two? Plus 28. Conkar. Latko yeah. coming in hot, right? And they've been playing him at the three. Ch- Chanchar. Chanchar. He's a very strong minutes. small forward. He's a strong power forward. So I'd be real curious. I, I don't think once teams start to actually scout him that this is sustainable. But... God, what a beautiful thing it would be if it was, and he could start guarding all the other really strong, powerful, small forwards. He in the has league. been getting a lot of minutes, and more so than I mean, definitely Hartenstein. He had twenty-two and minutes he, in the Milwaukee game. Yeah, I mean, you've have you seen him with his shirt off? The dude is uh, ripped as all get out. He's got a quality Instagram. Uh, no, but the the, the <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't know if you're being sarcastic. Nope, that was just, <laughs> just, just type it in. I'm, I'm dead serious on this one. Just yeah, this thirst really? traps all over the place. Uh, you can honestly say I've never <laughs> Googled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you hear that typing? That's Mike going to safe search off. Click, 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 yeah, click, click. private mode. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, that game, that Milwaukee game was great. Um, if you remember earlier in the season, Chris Middleton went nuts on us in the game that we yeah. got smoked by the Bucks, And to see Dozier come back 
Chanchar play well and be able to, I mean, Middleton still got 20, but we're able to limit him. And Giannis looked like he was going to go off like crazy to start the game and we're able to slow him down. And then the Nuggets just, just, just poured it on. And again, this is like, you know, last week we were talking about this, the, the bench and just the supporting people that have come in like Chanchar to come in. And when we've got no green, We've got no Millsap. We've got all these starters that are out. The bench is coming in and, and coming back strong. Well, right, which would we would lean on as those are reliable guys. The question is going to be All-Star 9-all on a hot streak. What's going to happen after we get through the All-Star break and those guys come back? I don't know. What it, you're, you're stepping into Coach, Coach, <laughs> Coach Abrams. <laughs> Uh, what are you going to do with the rotations after the All-Star break when everybody's healthy, uh, everybody's had their time off except for Joker? What what are you going to do? I think the reason why one of our panelists here, Mr. Eric Bush, is not on the call is because he's bored and he wants to be just irate the first week we come back when we don't start off as hot as we've been because it's going to be like really rough to see a lot of these guys that have stepped up and played a good amount of minutes. Like, Does Zeke come back and play any minutes? I doubt it, right? Like, we have two power forwards that are getting paid better coming back in. Um, Conkar, like, Conchar, I cannot say his name. It's just never going to happen. Um, <laughs> it's never going to happen. But, right, like, there's no chance he gets any minutes if Zeke doesn't. So that's kind of the question is, I, I think the real biggest question is who's going to start? Because you would hope yeah. that Millisap comes off the bench. Millisap comes off the bench and MPJ comes in at the four then all of a sudden I think we have a really good rotation. I, I actually think that part will happen, but then I'll think MPJ is going to come off the bench. No, no, no. I think Millsap's going to come <laughs> off. the bench. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Thank you for I paying attention. You. And, but then all of a sudden now you have green and Millsap coming in off the bench and I have no idea how that will work. So I, I think it's more of a question of how he uses Gary Harris. Cause he, he leaned heavy on Gary early on and things have worked out okay in the last week without him that where does where does Gary get his minutes from I mean we're, we're still going to need Gary Harris on the defensive side he's still our best um, perimeter defender I, I mean yeah. he, he's offensively at this point in time you know hopefully the second half of the season he kind of picks it up but he's kind of a negative for us um so on Dozier what? in that in that on the offensive Offense. side of things yeah yeah um, but I, I think Dozier is the guy that can kind of play uh, both sides. So I, I would hope that he gets more minutes. And, you know, Gary Harris is kind of the guy that comes in there as a you know, specialty kind of defensive player until he can kind of figure it out on the on the offensive side of things. But, but I mean, Malone's got a heck of a uh, decision to make after the All-Star break if all our guys are held. Uh, have you – I've seen it come up a couple of times on Twitter how Jamal Murray is listed in, like, the – top five one-on-one defenders in the league right now he's like top starting five yeah and and for the last week when he he's been matched up on on typically a a point guard that uh he wants to shut down and he brings the energy he does a fantastic job um do you think that if he can maintain that level of energy that that lowers gary's value on the team no no yeah I, I I mean, Andrew, I, I was going to say no just because we need Jamal as a scorer. And a lot of times you see these guys that, that play um, both ways and they just get beat up so much. And you're going to need Gary Harris to come in there and um, play 20-plus minutes a game. 
Well, and, and they have different... I, I don't disagree. I think Jamal needs to be beat up. I think he plays better tired. I think we saw that in the bubble, that he needs the minutes and he needs to get a little worked into the game to be able to feel the I flow. I think they have different defensive skills. Like, Murray could guard the two or three because he's just physical enough and he's strong enough. But Gary Harris is quick, and anytime we have a quick guard, that's where we get beat. And so, you know, kind of the question is, does Malone know how to play situationally against the other team and kind of plug and play where we need, but potentially even like have this lineup that we currently have with Mora starting at point guard um, sustained throughout the season, but then that makes some more hard decisions on what do we do with Millisap down the stretch? Does Jermichael Green get less minutes? Kind of things like that. I personally would love to see Harris, Dozier, and Millisap all come off the bench and have just power defensive presence and have a complete like change of tone from, hey, let's run and gun. We have the like smoothest offense to start, and then all of a sudden we go into lockdown mode. So that way, at least like just we're grind just grind it out, and then bring them back and change the pace again. Yeah, how many second units can handle a lockdown defensive grouping the second go round? Right, like who's mm-hmm. got the offensive firepower on their bench to handle that? Right, and if Murray or Jokic is playing with those three other guys then all of a sudden you have enough offensive power to potentially like make a difference. And defensively, both are very strong and um, can you know score on the offensive end. Yeah, that actually would be a good uh, contrast between the two to uh, see that occur, Andrew. I think that'll be something for us to look forward after the All-Star break and kind of see what happens. I mean, Millstap is really the big question in my mind. Uh, he has these kind of up-down games. He's kind of the old man. He's... Uh, been playing well every so often, and then he just kind of disappears. And so, I, I, I are you calling hope... old, Mike? There's not that many. He's he's our We're age. Old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm fully aware of how he's feeling. Um... <laughs> uh, that that was another bright spot from the Milwaukee game of when we played him a couple weeks ago. Millsap totally shot, showed up and shut down Giannis, and he wasn't in this Milwaukee game, and everybody else still stepped up and rotated through and Giannis wasn't a factor yeah I mean by not being a factor I mean Giannis had 27 points um so that's kind of the crazy thing is that uh he he wasn't as much of a factor on the defensive end as much as it was felt like on the offensive end um because he still shot you know like 50 some percent from the field um 27 points still had a decent game uh, but for you know one of the you know back-to-back MVP yeah. winners you would have expected more uh, from someone like that but no one else in his uh, team was able to get going and that's really how we were able to pull that out uh, yeah I didn't realize he had 27 that that's very much a symptom of oh he he got his buckets but it never felt like it meant anything I mean he had 10 points in the first like seven minutes so you know like he looked at the start like okay here we go but 17 over the next three and a half quarters is a lot better um all right, well, anything you guys uh, saw from either the Bulls or the Pacers games, uh, I think both of those games, again, Jokic uh, with almost a triple-double in the Bulls game. You know, how many of those has he had this season? Uh, right, he's had a dozen near misses. Yeah, and then I think he had a double-double uh, in the Pacers game. Uh, but I thought the interesting fact uh, about the Pacers game is that MPJ was uh, the leading scorer in that game. And over the last, I think, five games or so now, I think we were talking last week, uh, it felt like MPJ, Murray, and Jokic kind of turned a corner in terms of the three of them on the court uh, being actually able to play and kind of figure out 
how each other plays, uh, getting off a little bit of that two-man Jokic-Murray game, getting uh, Porter involved a little bit more. And I think when we have that third effective scorer and rebounder, uh, someone who can uh, be in there and actually kind of take some of the pressure off those other two guys, and also spread the floor a little bit oh, things up. Sorry. Somebody just hit Dame just hit a half court uh Elam ending three pointer <laughs> to end the game. We're friggin' half court. This is unbelievable. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> of course he did. It's for of friggin' half did. court. <laughs> Can't stand it. Was it like a half court runner or did he just just pulled he up? Just pulled up. <laughs> sorry. That guy sometimes, I tell you what. Dame is Well, Steph tried to do it the possession before and missed. And then and Dame is just doing Dame time. You can't see this on the podcast, but he's touching his wrist. Dame time. <laughs> Did, what team uh, won? Well, anyways, uh, the, I, I don't know what LeBron. you guys think about the, the three-man game that's been going on there. but uh, uh, I... I the Pacers game, I thought, was, it, one, it was a great game. And it was a one that we... <laughs> Mike Mike's voice was definitely in the back of my head the whole time watching it and that you had called that we were going to lose that game. The Pacers were super pesky. Um and who who's the the one bench bench guy like McCollum or something? TJ McConnell who yeah. just had double digit McConnell. steals the other day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's just uh I he he's the perfect encapsulation of who the Pacers were that night of just just pesky of just like I don't understand how you're in this game or why you're still around but you are and and it came I I thought MPJ showed up uh huge in that game and like it it wasn't he didn't drop 40 he didn't shoot an amazing percentage but he was reliable and he uh I don't know he carried uh carried the load when he had to and i thought it felt great well here's here's kind of the interesting thing about that uh game so <laughs> mcconnell's kind of a yeah he's a pesky guy uh he oh, what what university do you come from uh Tim? you're killing me i know this um he went to arizona uh they said in the broadcast arizona sound i think he transferred to arizona from somewhere from like a, yeah, that's like right. a Creighton Anyways, or a D3 or something. Uh, the guy's kind of uh, been around for just a couple no years credit now. that I, I pulled that out of just nowhere. But, and nope. it took me two <laughs> seconds. And you got like, yeah, that's right. And just said, no, good job, Seaver, for remembering no, no, that. No. You just moved on. Cool. That's the reason well, I you asked you. confidence, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's he's 28 years old, so he's been around for a long time. But he's just kind of been always been this uh, pesky guy that doesn't get a ton of games, a ton of minutes, uh, but – you know, he's emblematic of that team. I mean, he, he kind of plays how Indiana plays. Uh, Sabonis actually uh, didn't have as good of a game as I thought he would have, but he still had a triple-double. Uh, so, you know, the guy st- fills up the stat sheet, but overall we right, were a much better Right, but it was 10-10-10, and, 10, and, 10, exactly. and it, was not, it was not a dominating performance. So here's the interesting thing. So Dozier, uh, we were talking about the game before against uh, the Bucks and how good of a game that he had. Um, well, against uh, the Pacers, he was plus 31 in the plus minus, <laughs> playing almost 23 minutes. I mean, he only scores five points, but he's making such an impact um, uh, on what's going on out there. He's got eight assists, three rebounds. You know, he's just kind of all over the place, but he's obviously being very effective on the defense. <laughs> nah, Andrew's trying to speak, but he muted himself. <laughs> no. Nothing. No. He's got nothing. Uh, should put it on another mic can, stand to see if it works. We could take a take a take a station break yeah, to uh, to figure here. this out. Okay, we can figure it out. <laughs> 
So you know how the governor, you know how the governor of Colorado is uh, taking a page out of Minnesota's book and letting people name the snowplows. I didn't I wasn't did aware of either that. of those stories. Okay, so first of all, uh, the uh, well, Minnesota stole this from Scotland, but Minnesota put a vote out to the people to name their new snowplows, and uh, is it plow of course. Plow? Plowy McPlow face was one of them. <laughs> it seriously was. It was like the top vote getter. Another one was F Salt Fitzgerald, which was also <laughs> that's, phenomenal. That's a that's a great name well, from Minnesota. So it was really good. Uh, but Jared Polis came out and said, "Hey, we're going to do the same thing. We've got four plows, and I want uh, 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 PJ PJ Snow Dozier." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. How do you vote on this? I, I don't know, but also Plower Power is the other one I want, uh, which has not been nominated yet. But I hope Plower Power wins. Uh, is this a Twitter poll? How does this happen? Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's because I, I feel like the pod should probably just obnoxiously. Tweet <laughs> PJ that. Snow Dozier. Let's do it. PJ Snow Dozier. <laughs> I don't know. If there's a lot of snow in South Carolina, but um, PJ Snow Dozier. And to be clear, this isn't an elementary school uh, contest. So, yeah, yeah, well, well, guess, <laughs> guess what? Who has kids on this podcast? Let's funnel has, through our children. Elementary school. <laughs> well, apparently, one of plow, them that, he, plow, plow. that they, was uh, named is the unsinkable Molly, named after Molly Brown. So, uh, got the unsinkable Molly Plow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that was good All recap. Right. We, we figured some shit out. We yeah. Is there anything else that we got to take away? What well, What was your take, Mike? What was your favorite moment? Uh, you know, my my take was more so that we were consistent this week. Uh, over three games, it was just good to see the guys uh, actually come back and play consistently in all three games against three different levels of talent. You know, you've got one team in the Milwaukee Bucks who are obviously a, a playoff team and and some consider potentially a championship contender in the East. You've got the Bulls. Um, who are not that good of a team. Uh, and then uh, you've got uh, the Pacers, who are kind of a feistier um, uh, bottom of the kind of playoff bracket for the uh, for the Eastern Conference. And so it was just good to see the guys actually play well uh, for three straight games against three different levels of talent um, and actually see uh, some of the guys that have been injured, like Dozier and some of the others, uh, come out and play well. So it, it was definitely a fun week, uh, definitely one that uh, felt good going into the All-Star break. Um, let's just hope the time off, uh, you know, does well for the guys, and they they do well coming out of the break. So uh, that was a, the recap of the week. Um, Mike, you were just built for the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> next question. On to the next, next one. question. Mike's just here to not get fined. <laughs> I know the fans have been waiting this for weeks. I know we've been hyping it for weeks. Yeah, we we got a mailbag. Got a mailbag. Are you ready for a mailbag? That's how long it takes you the mail to get here. You have the mailbag. I, I physically have the mailbag. It was a large sack filled with two thirty-second envelopes. Yes. One yes. of them was. <laughs> one of them was audio recorded. They wrote it out and then read it. <laughs> no, it was dictated. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, we always appreciate uh, when our fans reach out to us uh, and want to hear a little something. Uh, so, Rex, fans, I don't know that's if you... two. <laughs> If, yeah, we got fans. We got I don't know fans. if you have the first uh, recording, uh, but I, I thought that one was one maybe uh, we can uh, grab a minute off of or so uh, and uh, have a little chat. 
Oh yeah, the, the intent was definitely to like cut it up and find some snippets because he rambled out for like six minutes just fawning over Michael Malone, yes. which is yes. fine. <laughs> Didn't have the time to actually cut it up. So we're just going to play it until we get frustrated with what Corey has to say, and then we're going to interrupt him and tell him while he's wrong. I expect to listen to good? this for six minutes. Hey, Denver Five. First time caller, long time listener. I just want to extend my thanks for giving the Nugs Nation analysis and discussion to sink our teeth into in a time where we can't get enough Nugs talk. First off, Michael Malone is probably outside of Steve Kerr, one of the best glue guy and realist coaches in the league. Look how he handled the MPJ comments during the Clippers series last year. It could have blown up chemistry, been a huge distraction, but no. Malone and MPJ clearly had discussions that didn't insult either the player or the coach. And really consider that MPJ knows his superstar value. And with Malone, he has been given the room to speak his mind, learn from mistakes, and move forward. Look at his team first buy-in this year. That comes, from a fir- that comes from an ongoing relationship between MPJ, the team, and the coaching staff. If MPJ smelled bullshit, he'd call it out. Any player would. But we have one of the tightest teams in the league, and the chemistry and belief in one another is key to our success and play style. Malone, even just to the public, always has the players' backs. He's honest on every situation about every player. He's not afraid to critique them, but he talks to them as, as adults and as equals. He keeps them all accountable, and, and it results in, in a, a team-first a team buy-in year, year after year. We have an all-world caliber player in Jokic, and Jokic loves playing for Malone. And that superstar-coach relationship is vital to team success and also maintaining and attract, attracting current stars as well as future ones. We don't know if Jokic would would gel with anybody that we could potentially replace him with. So it's a risk to, to move outside of a comfort zone uh, that, that could totally destabilize our current roster that we love. Now, he's not perfect, and as you guys mentioned, he has things he needs to work on. One of my worries over the last few years has been relying on starters and vets too much during the regular season in lieu of developing younger talent and giving rest to heavy minutes players. That's all baked into his philosophy that players have to earn their minutes, though, and it's a philosophy I love. And we are seeing him even adjust from that this year, given that, I mean, given its necessity. Right, I, th- due I think injury, we've heard enough. Um, <laughs> so uh, I appreciate the, the, the mailbag caller um, and for letting us use a little bit of the, the audio there. Uh, so this came from a couple episodes ago uh, where we uh, kind of ragged on Malone. Uh, none of us could really uh, pull I out. was not part of this one. This is, this is Sieber. Sieber said nothing. So are bad. you all in on Malone, Sieber? Is that what you're saying? So you were totally okay with the third quarter fall-offs? I'm, I'm fine with uh, everything uh, uh, our, our caller, mailbag writer, <laughs> our, our tweeter said about uh, him being a player-first coach. But uh, I'm going to take the, uh, the company line on this one. And disagree with, uh, yeah, just because your players like you uh, doesn't mean you get to keep your job. Evidence has shown that Jokic likes everybody. (laughs) He he gets along. Like, you could plug in any possible coach, and they're going to have a fine relationship. Jokic is, like, number one on your invite to a party, because he's just the guy that's going to, like, make everybody else be fun. (laughs) To be fair, there are components of the coach, right? It's not all black and white, right? Like, Malone is unbelievable player development. Malone is really good about keeping guys together. And we've been like pretty critical on the early season, but he's really been trying different things out. We started with like a small ball lineup. Dozier was playing the four, got torched. Now like Hunkar is playing the three. Okay, that's a good transition. Miss it again. Chanchar. Chanchar. But here's the only thing. 
Malone gets torched out of like when you see timeouts, the other team scores a high percentage of the yep. time. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. a coaching thing, right? Like third quarter is when there's adjustments. We've been getting scorched. That's a coaching thing. When we played Popovich in the Spurs last year in the playoffs, like, and it went to game seven, that's a coaching thing because Popovich, in my mind, is the best coach in the NBA. So, I mean, Malone is a phenomenal coach. Um, but is he in the top three? Like, definitely not. Is he in the top ten? I think so. And so he's kind of in that range of pretty good, not the best X and X's and O's, but really good at everything else. Yeah, I mean, you can even look where, you know, we got Malone from Sacramento and he had Boogie Cousins at the time uh, and seems like the only coach at the time and since then who actually had Boogie Cousins playing at an all-star level. Uh, I mean, he clearly is a good uh, player development coach, but X's and O's is not his strong suit. I mean, he has to know that too. Like those, those are data points. zero chance he knows that. Really? Who? What? NBA I think coach? no. You I think how he, no. hard it is to make it to be an NBA coach, and then all of a sudden you're going to get up there and be like, you know, I'm pretty good, but like, you know, the fundamentals of how to no, like set my players up for success. You is don't not think there's a voice point. in the Nuggets organization that can see the same data points that we're looking at? I mean, like, what, hey, coming out of a timeout, that you're you're not calling the right play. Like, we can fix this through an assistant if, if coach. If you're looking at him, Doug Moe's play. Back in the day, he'd get up on the board, he'd write three letters, R-U-N. That was it. That was the game plan, and they won a whole bunch. So, like, coaches have different styles all the way through. Yeah, but so, if like, to say that somebody in the organization is noticing it, the 100% is yes. Like, I, I've i been fortunate to listen into a lot of Tim Connolly, uh, like, season ticket holder things and he always is talking about the assistant coaches on the nuggets about how they are ready to take the leaps to next jobs and malone doesn't seem like he's the guy that is um arrogant in the way that he he goes about his job right so like he's about giving people opportunities which i think we can say that he does a lot of times with his players but i think the same thing goes with his coaches and that he trusts the people on his staff and yeah maybe everything doesn't work out all the time the way that you think it needs to and yes maybe he makes decisions that aren't great but i don't think that he's somebody that doesn't realize where his faults are though here's the question then right like not all head coaches in football are offensive coordinators so what you're saying is malone is a phenomenal coach but he needs an offensive coordinator that's calling some plays yeah so why do we not have that right that's my question is there is that malone not acknowledging that or is that somebody in the organization not enabling somebody else to physically draw up the plays during or, a timeout? Or do they do not care because it's the regular the season? No, I, I think it's just sometimes situationally adjustments and out of timeouts or like, you know, that sideline play where we come out a little unprepared for one play. In a regular season, one play off of a timeout in the middle of the second quarter doesn't really matter once the playoffs happen, which is obviously like I'm always hyper-focused on when we get to the playoffs, what will happen is like, how do we step that up? No, I agree with you on that one, Andrew. I like think that's the, that's like what makes those, the next step leaps types of things, right? When it comes to organizations and it's not just the players in that one, right? Like the players carry a lot when it comes to the playoffs, but like where the nuggets can, are going to have to win is those types of situations because they don't have like the the super teams that they're going to play against in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Right. So they need the coach to be better than the competitors coach at that time. So I hear you on that one. I agree with you on that. 
Well, uh, I, I have a feeling this is going to be a bit of an ongoing uh, season debate. Uh, Just move it off of it. Love it, Mike. Here. Nice. <laughs> we, we got some more mailbags, don't we? Was that it? Was that it? I, I would like number two, Corey, overall. You were wrong. <laughs> and you guys were trying to weigh whether or not he's elite in any category. And you even mentioned the category I would, I would argue he is elite in. And that's player development. Every year, I take it all back. Since Malone has been, we've not only improved our record, but we have. Yes, you know, we're not a, we're not a high tier team, and so we've had to develop through the draft, through, through <gasps> European prospects. Hang up, hang up. Anyway, we're not we can, a high tier team. You know, we're, we're trying right to establish a Can't culture where, yeah, we court Dwayne Wade, knowing we're, we're not going to get him, team. but we want his <sighs> tacit endorsement of us being a, a quality quality organization. And in the Corey. meantime, until we finally get to that level, if ever, you know, we've had to rely on these, these second round picks, these mid and look at how every single it's, one of them has seemed to pan out. Like, like Whoa. no draft pick is a guarantee. And, and talent Los Angeles. As we, as we, oh my gosh. No, right. I get it. Don't even, don't okay, even transition okay. here. Rex, you said we're not Los Angeles. When I started getting upset that we're not a high, high tier team, please explain. <laughs> no, but, go ahead. No, go ahead. Explain how we're not Los Angeles go, go in a positive tone. <laughs> Altitude, uh, first off. Yes, nope, nope, that's was true. asking Rex. Thank you. Go ahead, Rex. <laughs> Defend yourself. How many marquee free, free agents have decided to Melissa. get their max contract Being in Denver in the last I, 20 years? Andrew, sorry. I, this, is, this, is, this is episode nine. It's not Millisap. It's Millsap. There's no extra I. I can't handle it's it anymore. Millisap. It's no. Millsap. There's a thousand saps. He's a millisap. M. You know what? You're right. <laughs> I, I know. It's episode nine. I can't handle it anymore. Hey, you know what? Some of us watch the by ourselves a lot. You get some name in your head. Conquer Millsap. And that's who I'm going with. <laughs> But can we all agree that the Nuggets are a top tier team? <laughs> top tier in that we were third in the West last year and we made the con the finals. Th- yeah, third, third in the West. We're the second best team in the West. You know how I know because we made it to the Western Conference Finals. Not arguing with that. Great. The, what <laughs> the point that Corey's making that I would support is it is unlikely that we're going to get. Uh, max contract free agents to decide to come to Denver. We don't need them. We paid we Paul Millsap $100 million dollars over three years. <laughs> I'm not saying that guys wouldn't take the paycheck, but uh, look, when LeBron was going through the decision or the decision two, was there a lot of talk that he was going to end up in Denver? Or well, where, he, where's well, Anthony he, Davis well, going to go? Or, well, so Malone was a coach with him um, in Cleveland. And he and LeBron famously have a good relationship with one another. Yeah. And LeBron said very nice things about Denver. And you get Dwayne Wade to kind of sniff around a little bit. Right, which then, is exactly what Corey was saying. Yeah. In that- but then, no, that's why like his saying that he we're not a top tier team, though, I think is like where he says that we're never going to get this. You look at. Jokic, who is a three-time All-Star, oh, a first-team NBA, generational will be another second-team NBA this year, if not first, depending on the Joel Embiid situation rolls out. You have Murray, and then so you look at other potential free agents. I don't know how they don't think about Denver. 
especially like the tier two and three free agents, right? Like the JJ Reddicks and like the good shooters that want as someone that can actually pass them the ball. Like you would have to assume they start looking for him. But realistically, we have so much good young talent on our team that the hard part is like, can they actually get a roster spot? But, and do they actually make sense? I don't, I don't disagree. This is a great place to play, but I just, just no evidence in that players want to make that choice. I mean, Jer- Jeremy Grant wanted out. He is the exact type of player that we would have pointed to and said, this is like, you want to get, you want to play on a top tier team. You want to have uh, th- three active passers giving you points. And Jeremy Grant still said, no, I want to go be the big dick on the East Coast. Well, I mean, I don't know if Central Michigan is the East Coast, but I, I think he wanted to be the number one person. <laughs> I think he wanted to be the number one person uh, on a team, which he wasn't certainly going to get at the Nuggets, right? So, like, right. yeah, it's going to take a certain type of person to want to come play for us. But when you look at like what the, the, the Denver Nuggets have to offer, they have to offer a stable coach, a, a, uh, a front office that's going to do what it takes to win and they draft really well. So like, I don't like, I don't know what else you really need other than a beach than to like attract all of these people or your best friends. And guess what? Like best friends get together in places. Hey dudes. Great to hang out with you on a Sunday night, <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> like right, like that stuff happens, and so like there's going to be a point in which Denver needs to win to like get those things, and so you're right, like the progress is there. Miss the playoffs, then uh, the tough second round out against Portland, and then they make it to the Western Conference Finals. So they've got a lot to prove this year. If they can take the next step, then I think those free agents and or trade partners or whatever it's going to be, people that need to waive no trade clauses to come to us are really going to start looking at us, right? Because you've got a 26-year-old who's in his third All-Star game. You've got Jamal Murray who just turned 24 and a bunch of really great pieces and a coach that's stable and obviously is great about developing folks. There's a lot to a lot to go off of there. I don't know why we're arguing against each other. I think we're all like really happy about this, but I feel like we're arguing. I didn't like all that right, you were well, ganging up on Corey. Move on okay, from it, Mike. Move on from it. <laughs> well, uh, that was a little bit of a preview for uh, next week's segment of uh, level 100 versus level 300. Uh, <laughs> so Rex and Andrew giving you a little teaser there uh, as we go into that. But we want to uh, give thanks to our mailbag uh, listener, uh, Corey. Uh, thanks for sending in that hey, thanks, in. Corey. Um, appreciate uh, listening to the pod. Uh, again, if anyone has a mailbag, we love to listen from our uh, our, our listeners, and uh, uh, we'll get you on. Can so, I just say one thing really fast about what he put in there about how we've missed on some draft picks? <laughs> yeah. we, Go we've on. missed on a few, but I would say that the draft picks that we missed on that we really wish we would have had. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. Two all-stars that we drafted that we traded away to the Utah Jazz. Plus Jokic, plus Jamal Murray, plus Gary Harris, plus Yusuf Nurchich, plus Zeke, plus um, uh, Malik Beasley, plus all of those guys. Like really good drafts. Yeah, sure. We've missed on Tyler Hartenstein because we should have traded up, not traded down. We should have got OG and a new OB when we had the chance. Wait, I said Tyler Lighton. That's what I meant to say. Um, But... Like, like, been really good at drafting basketball players. Really good over the last, do, like, five to Do you think Donovan years. Mitchell and Jamal could exist on the same team? Yes. Really? 
no chance. I do. I actually think they're both phenomenal team players and like great personalities with their team. That they would support each other oh, and would be you, a highlight. Do you not think that games. Will Barton could be traded for Donovan Mitchell right now? Like you, they couldn't have existed. Therefore, Subers, right? You guys. Do you wrong? think that they? Do you think they need to have like that animosity? Is yes. that what you mean, Rex? Like, I think so. Oh. <laughs> so, you need, so, so basically, <laughs> they, what you're been, saying is you against... need them to hate each other previously and then could they have played to together? be better <laughs> yeah <laughs> to make both of them better they clearly bring out the best in each other and they have since high school where the playoffs do uh no i was gonna say i think i set the record for mike most mike eye rubs this, this podcast <laughs> so far you try to move things along uh, and you keep pulling me back wait, <laughs> just, i just got one more thing <laughs> All right, <laughs> move it along. Right. So Mike's Andrew, got places to be. <laughs> Andrew's got a bedtime, actually. <laughs> He's so, clicking his wedding ring or something over there. <laughs> so, Andrew, uh, you said you, you've got a little bit of a segment for us. Uh, we're missing, missing um, our fifth Denver Five here, so no bush in the woods this week. Uh, so we've got uh, Andrew's alley. <laughs> Definitely. What's going? What happened the to Andrew's alley, alley? Otherwise known as how well do you know your Denver Nuggets? So none of you guys cheat. I'm looking at you, Patrick. Okay, what you got? All right, hands up, hands, hands up. up. So this first one, which one player? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and one at a time and just go around in circle. First one is the toughest <laughs> one. Which one player? on ESPN's roster is not on our roster, but is actually on our team, Patrick. What? So we're still playing a contract for this person? Nope. Nope. They just, ESPN, if you go to the roster, they just left them out of the roster. And I'll, I'll give you a hint. Oh, they this left them unfair. out. Sorry, I thought you said they, they just were randomly still on left the them out, And they're oh, a starter. Is it, oh, Paul Mil- is it Paul Millisap? Because <laughs> they spelled his day wrong? It's, it's Jokic. <laughs> if you go to NBA and then you go to the Nuggets team and you go to roster, do not do it right now because I'm about to quiz you guys some more on this. Jokic is not on it. So I took a screenshot of it for all of our uh, <laughs> listeners to listen to. But So all the questions we're going to be asking. took a screenshot for the listeners. I love yeah, it. Listeners. We'll, uh, we'll throw it out uh, on yeah, the tweets. Yeah, we got Twitter. We got a lot it's of social media. All right, Michael, next question for you, sir. I love this trivia. Who weighs more, Bull Bull or Jamal Murray? Oh, that's, that's Jamal. That's got to be Jamal. You wouldn't it's ask the question. Bull Bull. It's Bull Bull. That is incorrect. It is Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray. weighing the 7-2 Bull Bull by six pounds. Wow. So Murray listed at 6'3". Um, I was so like six pounds, two fifteen to two oh nine. Yep. <laughs> I mean that guy's Jamal. Wow, that's it's impressive. Almost an entire foot, which is awesome. All right, none of you guys have answered your question yet. Um, <laughs> You've asked two people, and they both were stupid. <laughs> next question: Who is more Rex Michael Porter Jr. or or Jermichael Green? Uh, Green. Good job. That he's is got, correct. He's got some ass to him. Yeah, 227 so, pounds to 218. 
Rex, Rex, you were wrong earlier when you were telling Andrew was like just the kid in the big top looking at the circus because he's got some carny vibes tonight with this weight thing he's got going on. All right, Patrick. We're gonna, everyone's got three questions coming. Patrick, who is the youngest Denver Nugget? Ooh, uh, Zeke. Ooh, good job. That is correct. Is By like a month. They're yeah, let's go Arizona Wildcats. Let's go. <laughs> TJ yep. McConnell in the house. <laughs> so it was between Zeke and RJ Hampton. They were like a month off from each other. But Zeke was born in January, so well done. That, I thought, was a very difficult question. All right, mm. Michael. Who gets paid more? Faku Campazo or Michael Porter Jr.? Ooh, that's fair. That's fair. Mm. That is correct. By an actual $3,000. And that was a desperate hope of faith right there. (laughs) (laughs) That was a blind guess. (laughs) We're three corrects in a row, by the way. So we're, we're shooting 60%. Rex, like who gets paid more, Zeke or Bull Bull? Bull. No, Wrong. Zeke. Wrong. Too late. Nope. God. First answer is the one we're taking. That was rude. User. Wrong. Zeke at $2.2 million over Bull Bull at a flat $2 million. All right. So it's all tied up after two rounds. We got the final round here. We're going to go with Sieber. Who weighs more? Marcus Howard or Faku Compose, Composo, who are both five ten. <laughs> Composo. Clearly, Compo- <laughs> my uh, ability to name any of these guys. Okay. Well, uh, I don't Marcus trust Howard? that you're not cheating right now. Um, hands. I got my hands yeah, up. Yeah, that I was clicking at a different screen, but you are correct. Marcus Howard. I didn't actually say anything. It actually, <laughs> I, I could have sworn. All right. I was going to reason my way through it, and I was going to say that Marcus Howard went to college in the great north, uh, almost to the <laughs> east coast of Wisconsin, just the west coast of Michigan. It's almost on the coast, uh, yeah. and hey. he's eating all those cheese curds. <laughs> I meant Marquette, not, not – he didn't go to Wisconsin, but yeah. Seaver, who's taller? No, I already got my question right. Move on. Nope. Nope. Dozier. Who's, or Millisat. Yeah. It's Paul Millsap. Got by one inch, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's close. Still two out of three. That's why Dozier was just, playing. Which is crazy when they play two completely different positions. Yeah. Three out of four. And their three body out of four types right. are, like, completely different. Yeah. So, yeah. speaking of body types, Michael, who <laughs> weighs more? We got Monte Morris. Or Marcus Howard. It's a three pound difference. Monte Morris or Marcus Howard. Like this is a trick. Five, try to trick me. Five ten versus six two. Well, Marcus know, Howard Monte. weighs more than Faku. So, I mean, you tried to trick me with the skinny guy last time. I'm going with Monte. That is correct. Yes. All right. Two to two Rex, if you do not get really this right. obsessed with and, the weight differential between our players here, man. I mean, I'm just looking you at the roster right. here. <laughs> it's 2021, I, I Andrew. Like it's 2021. We, look, we don't need a body shape. This is in here, Miami, okay? man. Yeah. 
All right, fine. Outside, I'm, we're not going to include Marcus Howard or Greg Whittington because they have little dashes on their salary. Rex, <laughs> who is the least paid player on the Nuggets? Is the cheapest Nugget right now? Yes. Um. So do not trust the ESPN website. But. <laughs> Uh, Dozier. Incorrect. Close, because he's in the 1.7 range, but it's uh, Chanchar. Chanchar? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But to be fair, they have Millisap at a million dollars. Millisap. Millisap. Just call him Paul. Just call him Paul. Millisap. 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 All right. All right. Rex, we're going to give you the credit. Spread those eyes, Mike. Spread those eyes. Okay. Final answer. Final question. Which college... Did Gary Harris go to Michigan, Michigan State. State? Michigan State. Boom. And Sieber for the win. Oh, Patrick no. Sieber. Sparty. Let's Come go. On. We all Jesse Asklin in the house. We all had it. It's all about the speed. Congratulations, Patrick Sieber. You know the Denver Nuggets the best. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was, that was fun, Andrew. Thanks well, thank, for well, thanks, pulling Andrew. that out of real, real scramble to uh, not have yeah. Bush in the woods anymore. So Next week, you. the dog take. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually where. Right. Do you want a goldfish in a bag? Abrams Realty <laughs> is the place for you. <laughs> Uh, the prompt that I was going to have was going to be the dunk tank, and it was—I <laughs> was going to have everybody describe uh, the dunk that Jokic would have done had he been invited to the dunk contest. The first dunk any middle schooler ever dunked in his life is the dunk that Jokic would have done. Two hands, and <laughs> Two I'm glad hands. I made it. <laughs> oh, I think he gets it behind the head. He he does it back. You think so? Come on. Oh, I think he oh, goes yeah. one-handed. You don't think a middle schooler like who can dunk and palm a ball? I don't know. I think I, that wasn't that's how so far I, away. I think, he, I think he's going to find some way to bring in clearly his his true passion is like uh horse rearing. <laughs> to be fair, he's, he's going to like gallop Jokic had the second best plus minus for his team in the All-Star game here. Had 6 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists was a plus 23. Basically the difference maker of the All-Star game. Did did you Obviously. see the picture of him on the jet on the way to the All-Star game today? Or yesterday, oh, we're in the Harvard, Harvard T-shirt. Yeah, he's Harvard yeah. T-shirt, and he's reading he a book about uh, like the art of horse rearing. <laughs> they sent him that shirt. They said he's an honorary graduate. Yeah, because yeah, he, he had the whole intro earlier this year where right. he said that he played at Harvard. And, uh, <laughs> and he had a soundbite of like, "No, now I'm smart guy." <laughs> there were like um, three opportunities for him to get a rebound in the All Star game where he like refused to like take his feet off the ground. She's like, well, if it comes to me, maybe I'll jump. But he's still so, got seven rebounds. Led the team. So I was going to say this earlier today, but I, I kind of felt bad for him in the All-Star game. He just The game was so fast, and he just looked like Gimli <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. He's just like, dwarfs are built for short distances, not over not over long hauls. It was like Aragorn and Legolas are like... Like chopping through, trying to check down the hobbits across across Middle Earth, and Jokic is just like, just like, and he's like, I'll get rebounds, but I'm not running. I'm not running. 
the best part too is like he won the tip I think in the second half from those eyes Mike from those eyes <laughs> I mean it was so intense Seaver but that was like, a lot Seaver that, that was a lot <laughs> you know what I'm talking about it's like it's just like nobody hot. knows what you're talking Dwarves about Dwarves are built for short distances <laughs> Like, They're trying to track down the Urukai. Mary and Pippin have been caught. They can't catch him. And then they run into there. the Riders of Rohan. What are they going to do? Wow, episode nine. Okay, we, really, so... we really go deep into the Hobbit. Rex uh... knows what's up, by the way. Rex knows. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be ashamed of it. <laughs> All right. Well, next week, uh, Nuggets uh, are playing Friday uh, in a away game against the Memphis uh, Grizzlies. Uh, I hope you enjoy this one, Bush. Saturday against Dallas. Uh, so, right, we got like uh, six days off. We got a number of days off. Boys are going to get good rest. Uh, should be good to go. Uh, Memphis and Dallas are uh, teams, I think they're one game uh, apart from each other, battling for the eighth seed uh, in the Western Conference. So it should be good to see how they come out of the gates there against uh, two decent teams. Uh, what are you guys looking for this week? Uh, what should we be paying attention to? I think the Nuggets need to come out strong, and they need to win the first. They've got like five, six, seven winnable games in a row. Like they like legitimately have wait, wait, seven. You're saying games you're saying you want the Nuggets to win after the All Star oh, break? Yeah, that, right. That's oh, your conclusion. That's right. the conclusion. <laughs> but it, no, really like, of course that's, really that's of course that's what it is. <laughs> but they have seven real winnable games in a row, right? And so, like, they've got a real chance to vault themselves up in the Western Conference here, and they're playing really well. They've got a ton of confidence at the end of that All Star break. And so, how get many games guys do back. they have to win out of the seven? 12. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what? If they lose the St. Patty's game, that's fine. You know, I get it. They're partying. All good. No, they don't have to win all of five them. And two. Like, five and two. Like, this is one of those. No, but this is one of those where, like, no, this is a stretch. This is this yeah. is one of those where, like, at the end of the week, you're going to be like, man, they really should have won, blah, 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 right? Like, like this is the take care of business part of their schedule because it's only going to get harder by the end of the season when you look at the rest of it, right? Like, this is the take care of business time. We had a break. We've got like teams that we know we can beat. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean, just to be uh, clear, to be right, we play Memphis and we play Ooh. Dallas and we play the Pacers and we play the Hornets and we play the Bulls. Then we play the Pelicans, the Magic, the Raptors. Uh, I mean, we've got a good stretch here where there, there are some good teams in here, but you're right, they're take care of business type games uh, where we should really pull these out. We are better than all these teams. Um, you know, the tough one might be the Raptors game there. Um, and is the, that in Toronto? Know, the Pelicans. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. Well, it's in Realistically. Tampa. It's in Tampa. We were, it's not Toronto. It's in Tampa. We were a very, like, front-heavy <laughs> schedule. Like, we should do very well. We've got one hard four-game stretch. 100%. There's a lot of margarita. we got one tough four-game stretch. Throughout the Mike's not coming season. back. Mike's going to take a break next podcast. i, I, I got to apologize. This is easily the worst episode we've ever done. We lost Eric. We need Eric. He's the glue guy. He's, he's the glue he's guy. He's the Michael guy. Malone of this team. We're falling apart. I've, I've lost complete control of this pod. There's no timeout defense. Control. It's no timeout defense over here. Uh, uh, 
so th- since there's only one game before next week, like we, we should find other bullshit to talk. Maybe maybe next week's the time we have Jesse on to talk about Avs. Right, so what do you guys think work. about the the Roy, like the Megan Markle interview that was happening tonight? Have you guys oh, watched God that yet? It. Because there's a lot going on there. Just that I'd turn like them to off. Super, you should have stopped at Lord of the Rings. <laughs> All right, well, that was episode nine of the Hard Pick Mining Company. As we lose our, our uh, listeners, we hope some of you come Listener. back next week. <laughs> All right, episode nine, Hard Pick Mining Company. This is your Denver Five. You guys did a terrible job. That was Love so you. much fun. I, <laughs> I loved every minute of that. <laughs>